0: Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. How are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, Thank you so much for agreeing to hop on a TPQ 20. Um, I, I feel, yeah, I feel like I've gotten to know your work very well in a few short years here. Uh, so we will definitely dive into that in a moment, but we always like to start off by saying we know who you are, but our listeners may be new to you. If you were to give the bio that is not on your website or the back of any of the books that have come out over the last few years. Who would you say you are?
1: Well, I I'm gonna cheat a little bit and i <laughs> to give the bio that I started out with. Um, I really do think that this encap- encapsulates me. Um, where I think most many, I think many writers um write like turtlenecks. And I personally feel like I write like a Hawaiian shirt. And I <laughs> And if you're familiar with my, with any of my stuff, you know that it's, it's kind of loose. It's kind of fun. It's a little dark, um, which isn't a Hawaiian shirt, but you know,
0: Yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be, it could make for See, that's the thing that fun Hawaiian shirt could make things really dark and twisted if you really wanted to.
1: Yes. So that's like, I come in and and I'm in these (laughs) bright colors and then people hear my work and they're like, wait a minute, this is dark. And I'm like, aha.
0: You know, you. <laughs> from Hawaiian shirts to hi, lonely. It's dad, or <laughs> I'm dad. Like it, you so, so I mean, I think that's a perfect way to look at your work because it really, I mean, and you, you cover a couple different genres here where you can play around a little bit with with who you are, who characters are, who might represent something in the world in which you live. So I think I think that is an apt description of kind of where you stand. Um You came up in sort of, and I say came up as in like, you know, 2018, 19 was all that long ago, but you kind of um, there's a group of poets that you've kind of come out of the folds with uh, kind of you and and Jason Crawford and Taylor Bias. Um, You have this, this kind of, you know, nice cadre. uh, And it's really been a lot of fun over the last few years to see how you guys have all grown together. Um, oh, absolutely. and, and it's, it's awesome, you know, that to, to watch, you know, Chris L. Butler has another book coming out. Um, you know, Jason is always quitting or writing or publishing <laughs> or quitting again. Um, you know, Taylor is doing epic things. Khaleesa Ray is doing epic things. You know, there's, there's this group and you just, all of you just keep publishing and it's not, it doesn't feel like work that's overdone. You know, sometimes you see a lot of people and I, I see a lot you see a lot of it with music more than anything where artists just put out piece after piece after piece and hope that maybe you know they're going to keep attracting people you have a quality about your work though where you keep on attracting people because the work keeps up with that and you've got a story to tell so where was the story before 2018 so who is you know who were the you before you know before you became the author of what five books in the last few I, years
1: I wish I had the number but I I don't <laughs> even know at this point because I I've just been churning them out and I've got I still have things to say like you said right. um, so I I can tell you I'm looking at five right now so yes five are published and out right. and then I have some forthcoming
0: it's, I mean, it's an amazing, it's an amazing quantity of of pieces that tell a pretty hefty story. So Absolutely. were you, were you the, uh, the kind of just the cell phone poet before this, or was there, was there a different direction that you thought you were going to go? And then it was like, oh, okay, well, I've got this now and I can start at least releasing words into the world.
1: I am a little old fashioned in the sense that I didn't start using my cell phone until um, pretty recently to write. Uh, I downloaded Google Docs and it was, everything just kind of like took off. Um, But before that, I had little journals that I would fill out and I would write this really angsty poetry. (laughs) Um, And I, my roots actually started growing when I was um, 12 in sixth grade. And I wrote like the first, um, the first poem then. Um, And I started writing short stories in third grade. Okay, Um, And I tell those stories sometimes, but the hard-hitting thing that you're asking right now um, is, I was filling these journals in with angsty poetry because I was like sad and broken-hearted and like a baby queer and like not understanding what was going on. Um, and then life kind of just cracked me in the skull with a baseball bat, um, where I lost my boyfriend. Well, I shouldn't say lost because I, you might think that like he died. He didn't. No, we we he can like- be
0: he can be found. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he is still out there. He's alive and well. Um, I didn't do anything to him. No, but, um, we broke up and that was like one of my, one of the first relationships that were like, that was really deep to me. Um, I loved him. So we broke up. I, I had a falling out with my mom, um, and my brother and I moved out of my mom's house and was squatting in this house that I was trying to buy, but it hadn't officially gone through yet. Um, and I had just been bitten by a dog, like where I had to get stitches in my leg. So there was like thing after thing, after thing, after thing. Um, and I kind of spiraled into depression, uh, and I did not write for five years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was like 2013 through 2018.
0: Interesting how your depression is kind of the adverse of what most sink into and just journal it. You know, the, the writers we know, I think at least the assumption is that, you know, when depressed sink into a journal.
1: Yeah. You do kind of think that way. Like people or poets don't write happy things. They get stimulated by the depression and then they start churning things out. Yeah. Um, And I, I gotta say that I'm similar. Like I can't really, uh, I I don't often write happy things. It doesn't (laughs) feel natural to me. Um, And I think that's just my way of kind of uh, working through past trauma um and maybe once I'm done, if I ever am, I can write some happy stuff. <laughs> but I'm not there yet. Um so 2018 hit and Jason B. Crawford, um, we knew each other from college and had been in some writing classes together and they said, Hey, um, I'm going to be hosting Ann Arbor pride. Do you want to, um, do you want to speak? Do you want to perform there? And I was like, Oh my gosh, Jason, I, I don't know. I haven't written in years. It's probably crap. I I don't know, (laughs) but I kind of did this thing where I was like, I want, I don't want to be depressed anymore. So I'm going to force myself to do the things that I would do if I wasn't. And That changed my life. So I said yes to Jason. I wrote a really shitty poem (laughs) so bad. And I performed it in front of hundreds of people. And, uh, but it it kind of shook the cobwebs off and I started writing more and more and um, it actually became more personal than the angsty, he, she doesn't love me kind of bullshit. Right.
0: Um, <laughs> hey, you know, everybody had a Tumblr or a poetry.com or a whichever generation's version of that type of poetry back in the day. So
1: Exactly, we all yeah. have to go through it.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so then, um, yeah, Jason, I they really helped me get out of the slump for sure. And then we uh, we reconnected after that and we spent a lot of time together writing and um, just kind of creating um and neither one of us neither one of us had ever done an open mic we mm. perform in front of people but not at an official open mic and so we, we said hey let's go and do this thing that we've never done before so we did and then we met um Eric Soroda I'm <laughs> sure you've seen him around he's a button poet <laughs> yep. um and we formed this this really great writing team um so I I I love those guys so much and to hear my name with jason b crawford like coming out of your mouth yeah. excited i'm like but, yeah jason
0: but i think it's it's such a <laughs> cool like it, it really is because you know i think if you look at the the trajectory of twitter over the last you know say five six years you you do see different waves um and i think there was a really you know the last decade for poetry has seen a few of them i think you know like Coming out of the Tumblr era of poets, um, and then you know stumbling into the Twitter era of poets, um, you know I think you did see kind of different different groups of people come up together, and I think that that you and and Jason and Taylor and Chris and you know a, a handful of others all kind of just showed up at at the same time, and it was like ah all right so here we go here's the next here's that you know that next group. Um, you had a a really quick trajectory, obviously, with a handful of books. Um I like to talk to people who write in different genres sometimes about the idea of compartmentalizing pieces and how they actually do that. How do you fit so many books in your head?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's always something squirming around that wants to be told, and you have to say, not right now.
0: <laughs> well, how do you how do you i mean, your your pieces while they do tell your story, you know, or a story that you want to tell, there is a difference between your books. It's not one, you know, we're not getting a saga. So how how do you keep things apart? You know, you you're just finishing, you know, you have a fiction book as well now. So how do you know what you're saving for what piece and and how many books are you writing at a time?
1: I guess and I've never been asked that, that I can recall. So I certainly don't have any, any answer prepared for you, but. Um,
0: always my goal. <laughs> I
1: I think that there's always a voice, one voice louder than the others um, at any given time. And, you know, the, the squeaky wheel gets the the oil, the grease, whatever it is. Um, And that's kind of how I approach writing. So like, yeah, I've got all these different stories in the back of my mind, but there's always one that's a little louder. Um, So I'll bring that one to the forefront and say, okay, I'm working on you now. Um, And you can ask Todd Dillard or Jared Mm -hmm. Bella, like what, (laughs) something that they, that drives them crazy, but they also like really admire, they've told me this is that um, I can focus really hard on a project and just nail it. Like I, i and I guess maybe that's ADHD, um, where sometimes like a <laughs> golden moment I can harness the energy and just work toward a goal. So I'll say, "All right, I want this chapbook to be uh, about sexual assault, but I want to use horror tropes." Right. Which um, I'm telling you that now because that's a book that's coming out next year. It's a chapbook out of uh, Variant Lit, and. It's called When the Forest Finds You, and Mm -hmm. I said I have this idea. I'm going to write toward it. And what I did was every single poem I used a horror trope, and I literally the title is a horror trope, like gratuitous violence um, or um, obligatory shower scene or jump (laughs) scare things like that. And I and I wrote from there, like what do I want to say in this chapbook, and and what is the um, the trope already talking about. Oh. And so yeah like I've I've been really lucky where I can focus in on a project like that and and kind of drown out the other voices mm. uh, I did the same thing with Zeus where um I I did my research and and said okay what are the what are the most well-known um victims of Zeus let's put those poems in right now the title them up and and write toward it and um yeah I, I think I did so, that with poetry. I was just going to say, it's not so much with the uh, fiction
0: though. It's, it's a really, you know, I mean, I, I've talked to a hundred and well, I did the count this one about 176 poets. Uh, so, so like, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. I don't know that I've ever heard somebody who starts title first. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it's Todd Dillard, because we know Todd and titles are are pretty, uh, pretty epic, but that not a lot of people will start with, they'll start with a concept, but they won't start with titles or they won't go through and say, I'm going to at least put a table of contents here. And then I have that to come back to, to write toward. And I like that idea that like you have at least an outline ish um, in, yeah. in mind by the time, by the time you get around to that piece, there's something that's kind of settled. You're like, this is, this is my direction. I like that. How often... Has that direction changed?
1: Um, I'm I'm looking at my books right now and going, yeah. you know, hmm, has it changed? Um, I wouldn't say often. I I did the the focus thing with little masticated darlings with Zeus. Um, hi, lonely. I'm I'm dad. I, I literally said, you know what? I don't have any books about my dad. I don't write about my dad. I'm gonna write about my dad. Right. And um and then I decided that I wanted to do. Uh, dad jokes and (laughs) those are the titles um well those aren't the titles but that's that's an outline for the poems right um and yeah I think strange furniture might be a different story um that was more of I found a thread in the work that I was I was uh producing and I said oh okay let's let's compile this into into a book
0: nice I like that I I I think it's 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 fun to it's always fun for me to see how writers kind of organize their thoughts and figure out how they're going to approach different pieces. I like I like having something unique and new to kind of like you know pick my brain about like what what the, what is that like? Um, you've also been I mean you have you've got a pretty nice record of presses going as well uh, behind you. You've uh, you know including uh, you were a finalist for a button. I believe was it Button or that you were a finalist for as well?
1: A uh, back-to-back semi-finalist for Button. Back-to-back
0: semi-finalist for Button. Yeah. All right. All right. So so the Button World is getting to know you at least then. And it's, you know, I think the I think the cool thing is cuz Button obviously Button has a has for the last, you know, decade and change had a pretty good lock on like who's, you know, who's out there and and what's to come. So that's that's pretty fantastic to see that. Do you ever get into um, a, a level of focus where you are writing for a specific press? Does it feel like maybe there's a, because as we, as we know, different presses have different voices. Um, do you feel that there are certain presses that kind of, that you're, you know, who's your dream press that you write right, that you would love to write toward?
1: <laughs> well, I would love to be picked up by Button. I think um, it. There's a good chance, you know, being a back to back semi-finalist, Absolutely. they obviously like what I'm producing. Um, Come and on, I, Sam. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that I have written toward them, um, but I have I've compiled toward them.
0: Mm. Oh, um, oh, like so that. I'll
1: yeah. have this this collection. And depending on on length, right, like sometimes you pull a poem or you add a poem. Um, and Button, I've noticed, like, they really like their short ones, their, their short, quippy ones. Yep. Um, so if I've got a short, quippy one, I'll be like, okay, Button likes that. I'll <laughs> drop that in. Um, rather than, like, something that's really long, I I don't see that often in Button.
0: So outside the world of, of literature, uh, what do you do outside when you're not writing? Writing seems to say, I mean, I would imagine it takes up a lot of time, but what, what do you what do you enjoy outside of the world of, of words uh
1: so i i don't write professionally um i am an accountant by trade <laughs> and so writing I, is i what i, I, I happen to
0: know this so i was hoping this was gonna come up so.
1: <laughs> um writing is what i do to you know like what i really love to to do um and i don't have to um, force myself to to crank it out to make the money. I I can just kind of follow uh, a lead whenever I get it, and um, so I just want to say that like it, it's not a I need to get away from writing kind of thing. But other things that I enjoy, I love to read. I uh, I I read every single day um, before bed. I would like to read more, but when I I have a seven month old,
0: so well, I don't get a lot no of time yet.
1: to write or read anymore. Um, I. I enjoy movies and uh, TV not so much TV, just because they have decided that every episode needs to be an hour long and we need eight episodes. And I'm just like, I don't have that much time in my life. Um, <laughs> so I, I do watch some series, but I, I like movies. I kind of, I can focus for 90 minutes and then I, I don't, I can get up and do the dishes or whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> that's me harnessing my ADHD again like I can only sit for a certain period of time and like now I have to get up and do something (laughs)
0: Um,
1: I I love spending time with my daughter she's fantastic Um,
0: and if if the listeners out there have not checked out your Instagram uh, the the lovely pictures that you post on a regular basis of the twin outfits um, are are some of my favorite things Uh, your, your closet your closet must be a wonderful place
1: that is so much fun to do. And <laughs> I know that there's going to come a time where she won't let me dress her. So I'm just going to do it until I can. And it, it like, it gets me excited. I wasn't even doing it on purpose at first. I was just like, oh, we match. That's funny. Um, and then it just kept happening. So I must have some sort of like subconscious thing where I want to match my daughter and, um and relive my youth. I don't know. <laughs> But then I was like, no, this is actually really fun. People are enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be a cute little memory for her later right? on. you
0: got to break out of the sewing machine, though. It is time to go full bore into uh, into twin outfits for the next, you know. You've got at least, let's see, our kid's 11. I think we were a, they they stopped having us, like, decide anything for them about three. So you've got at least a couple more. I've got some time.
1: Yeah. Um, I cannot sew, though, just so you know. like I. I I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't. Matt, it's that. all right.
0: Like, you know, there's this hot glue and there are different ways to do it, whatever. Who needs, who needs sewing? The
1: stapling.
0: <laughs> so as we kind of shift gears here toward the ending, we always like to talk about who you are reading. Uh, who's out there right now that, you know, you say you read every day. Uh, so who, who are you reading? Who's, you know, who makes you excited about words?
1: Uh, I don't read as much poetry as you might think I read. Um, I I love poetry. A
0: a lot of poets do not spend all of their time reading poetry.
1: Um, I didn't read much at all. Um, And then when I started working or volunteering at at Barron, um, I started reading a lot then, obviously, with the the slush pile coming in. Um, Is that a derogatory term? I don't know. It feels derogatory, but I don't mean anything by it. Like,
0: i'm i'm not sure i've never the submissions
1: about life, but... coming in
0: there we go all right <laughs> with the submission um, cue in place
1: and then i realized that it made me a better writer reading other poets which duh makes sense yeah. um so then i started getting uh more of a, a poetry library but naturally i'm drawn to fiction i mm. i like horror um okay. i like the classics a lot of the classics i um I like, uh, I don't know what to call it, but like kind of realistic fiction,
0: yeah.
1: like Celeste Ng, um, okay. I really like her, and uh, romance, when I need to kind of shut my brain off,
0: There you I'm go. like,
1: all right, I'm going to get a trashy romance novel.
0: I really, I feel like, and I wanted to say it earlier too, I, I talked with uh, Luna Ray Hall um, hmm. a little while back, and I so want to see a collaborative book between the two of you. I think it would be fascinating to see the, you know, the, they've got, they've got this horror in verse coming out. Uh, And I think it would be, it would be fantastic to see the two of you work on, on something that, you know, with these horror tropes and, and both of your mind for telling a story about, you know, about backgrounds that are not always so pretty in a really fun, cool, dark, devious way. I think that'd be a. Yeah. Um, Is it the novella? uh, yeah
1: okay so they finally finished it and it's coming out okay awesome because i was tracking that like a like a hound on twitter i'm like
0: oh i'm so excited i'm so excited for that no i i think it'd be it'd be a lot of fun to see what the two of you what the two of you could do together in in the world of poetry and words and and maybe some short fiction pieces
1: Yeah, that would be a really cool idea. I might have to reach out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, Before I go, because I didn't ask the question already, and I need to know the answer, because as I tell my therapist all the time, I hate numbers. So how does a person with numbers uh, in their brain um, and a person who loves and can write uh, as you do, how does that work in in the world where they're not supposed to work like that? How does a person who, who has at least an appreciation for numbers have an appreciation for literature?
1: Yeah, I, I just want to say that when I was in college, I was getting a major in creative writing, a minor in accounting, and everyone that learned that was like, oh, but you're doing some creative accounting, and I'm like, that's an insult. You're <laughs> calling me a cheat, <laughs> um, so I just want to say that, um, but also it it manifests in spreadsheets. Mm. I have so many spreadsheets for my writing. Um like the marketing that I do for each book, um what submissions I have out there, how much money I've made from writing through like I started tracking last year, um how much money I've made. Uh <laughs> lots of different spreadsheets that I've I've actually shared with some people and it it helps me retain a little bit of control because as I've mentioned already and my brain kind of just goes Um, and you have to throw a lasso around an idea and bring it down. And and that's, that's what my spreadsheets help to do.
0: Ah, I love that. That's really cool. It's always, (laughs) it's fun to see people who have two very different worlds and how, and how they can actually make them, you know, what the through line is in those spots. I love that yeah organization oh my god if you could only see the nightmare that is my the wall behind you behind where the computer is right now is like the the tragedy of books like it's ridiculous i have no organizational skills whatsoever right now uh but that's that's all right i you know i just don't tell my middle schoolers that we just teach them (laughs) what they need (laughs) Thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ twenty tonight. I really appreciate it. I look I look forward to everything that comes from you and uh, sending as many people I can racing your direction. And let's hook you and the Luna up for a. A collaborative something because oh, that would be a lot of fun
1: yeah that, uh, that's so nice to hear you say chris and it, it's good to like officially meet right you. I yeah know, i i worked uh i was doing some reviews for right yeah it's not like yeah, while, we've, but... co-
0: we've been talking for, for about <laughs> three years now yeah so it's awesome to finally put you know to put a real virtual face to uh, to who you are excuse me as i cough over here in podcast and it's not a good thing so yeah uh, Thank you so much, truly. I I really do love your work and I look forward to seeing uh, what comes next from you. Uh, Have a great rest of your evening.
1: Yeah, have a great night. (laughs) Talk to you later.
0: Bye-bye.